0: Welcome to the Striving Together podcast, a podcast for Immaculate Church family, and helping us to follow Jesus together in the grace of His gospel. My name is Zach Lyons, and I have the privilege of serving as the missions pastor here at IDC. And I'm joined today by my lovely wife, Amanda, and Adam and Amy Reinking. Thank you guys for joining us today as we talk about a little bit of what it looks like for the Reinkings. Uh, they are planting a church here in Prague, and uh, and so we want to learn a little bit from them. But Amanda, what in the world are we doing here in Prague? Where have we been and where are we going?
1: Yeah. So we currently at IDC have 23 uh, families living around the world uh, spreading the gospel. And part of our commitment as a church that sends out missionaries is that we will visit them and that we'll come see them and um, check in on them, see how they're doing, hang out, uh, and just encourage them and let them encourage us. And uh, we have been doing that. So uh, we just got here from latvia where we saw the nation's family and had a great time with them uh we're here in prague with the rankings and then we'll leave from here to go down to italy and see two families there and then over to france where we will see two families there so i'm um, kind of making the rounds uh while grandparents take care of the kiddos and just enjoying seeing all of our people yeah
0: that's great uh so adam And Amy, uh, tell us a little bit, it's been a little while since you've been at Amago Day. So tell us a little bit, uh, when were you there? What was it like whenever you were at IDC?
2: Yeah. So we, um, are Midwest people. Um, I grew up in Indiana. Amy grew up in St. Louis and then we, uh, lived in Ohio, early married for a couple of years. And then we, um, ended up at Southeastern and IDC in 2013. And our, um, goal was to kind of, um, uh, find a place to serve overseas through the pathway of seminary and, and spending a couple years in, in North Carolina. And so we joined IDC right away, um, just kind of looked at the church landscape and made a, a pick from afar and came there the first week and never mm-hmm. left. And it was a really great experience. Um, when we were in seminary, we didn't have a lot of extra time for um, things, and we chose not to engage mostly with the campus life at Southeastern and chose to, um, go in with the, um, the Bouses small group. And that was a great experience. Um, that was, uh, a very formative, even experience for us, uh, at Imago Day with small groups and just, um, being, uh, even missional together as a small group. So mm-hmm. that was, uh, I think what our time looked like there was a lot of seminary, a lot of UPS in the middle of the night. And, yeah, uh, you didn't sleep and, very much, did you? Nope. Yeah. Nope, it was, there was not enough sleep happening. Yeah, um, We were eager to get to the mission field.
3: To, <laughs> so you could sleep. S-
2: to get more rest. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's, I think, from my perspective. You got anything to add to your time?
3: Yeah, so I think for us, our time at Imago Day was this really unique time in between when Adam was serving on staff at a church in Ohio mm. before we came to serve here in Prague. It was sort of this in-between preparation time, but also sort of a, a refreshing time for us to learn and to just be a part of a body without being responsible, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and being in ministry. And I think that was a really important thing for us as we were preparing to come overseas. Um, We had had a great time in ministry in the States, but I just think it was really important for us to have a time where we were just learning and being a part of a body. And I think we'll always look back with a lot of fondness on Mm -hmm. those two years there.
1: And would you guys mind introducing us to the rest of your family? Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, because there's more we than just you two, two. We do have three kids. So when we came to Imago Day, we already had two, and I was pregnant with our third. So we were classic Imago Dayers, <laughs> part of the baby boom, yeah. and had our third baby while we were there. So yeah, we have a daughter who is almost 13, Eden, a son, Bennett, who is 10, and then our youngest, Owen, is nine.
0: So how long have you guys been gone from Imago Day? And, um, yeah, what have you been doing here?
2: Uh, We've been gone for about seven and a half years, and we're in our second term, um, about to finish our second term. Um, Three months, we'll be heading back to the States. Um, And uh, we'll actually be at IDC uh, for the month of October. So, looking forward to seeing people there. So,
0: you, you would love for people to maybe take you out to dinner?
2: Yeah, dinner, you know, take us to a, you know... Hurricanes game yeah. or oh, something. So I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something. Uh is yeah. that in October? I have no idea. <laughs> me either. I'm not a hockey guy. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> I don't keep up with it. Take me to a Duke game. Yeah, I want to go. go to
0: Cameron Indoor. Bad. There you okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, so what have you guys been doing here in Czech Republic?
2: Oh yeah. That was the original question, right? <laughs> um so uh we are our evangelism church planners with IMB here and uh, we um, have had a neighborhood that uh, is on the north side of Prague that is our adopted neighborhood there's about 30,000 people and two square miles that that's a big neighborhood yeah yeah you, you walked around okay. it today did you like it
0: yeah it was it was great it took us probably what maybe 20 minutes uh, to get through
2: half of it Yeah, I think we were stopping and talking a lot. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm walking and I'm on a mission, I can get probably to where we got in about 12 minutes. Oh, okay. okay. I don't think it's a 20-minute walk. But you got long legs. Yeah, so so I think um, um, the, the best way to summarize it is this neighborhood was picked by a mixture of missionary advice and local Christians here who knew that there was a neighborhood with no church in it. And so first couple years you learn language. You, um, you have to do that if you're going to engage a mostly Czech neighborhood. Mm. And in Czech language, that takes about three years. Uh, some people are better, like Amy, and it <laughs> takes less. <laughs> some people are worse, like me, and it takes more than three years. Um, but we've been just uh, engaging the neighborhood relationally and strategically and networking more and more with uh, denominational churches here. And eventually we uh, have a partnership with the denomination and so we're essentially church planners mm. um, here in this neighborhood. Um, and that has some Western elements mm. that really are borrowed from what you might experience in the states with church planning. but it's it's an odd mix. So there's, there's Western ideas and then other things with the culture. So honestly, being on the fence is, is one of the hardest things is mm. you're operating in denominational structures mm. with some Western um, mindset with church planning but also we're far enough East where things are just mm-hmm. a touch different and you can't always just bring everything that would work mm. in more of a Western context. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's, I think
0: that's helpful. Help orient us a little bit to Prague and Czech Republic in general. Like help, help us know where in the world we are right now.
3: Where are we right now? <laughs> so yeah, so we are in central Europe, mm-hmm. which, I think most people, if they even know that the Czech Republic is in Europe, would think it's in Eastern Europe. Mm. So historically, yes, it would have been, it was a communist country. It was behind the Iron Curtain. Back then it was Czechoslovakia. It is not anymore for Mm. those of you who maybe haven't updated. Um, But we are in Central Europe and Czechs really want that to be clear. This Mm. is Central, not Eastern Europe. Mm. Um, So yeah, we are right smack dab in the middle of Europe. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit about the state of the church and the gospel work that's going on in Prague and in Czech Republic in general.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, the There's about 10 million people in Czech Republic, and um, depending on if you're looking at the census that just came out or the one 10 years ago, but you're about 10% would register as being Catholic, 9 or 10%. Um, and that, that's all the way from I was baptized Catholic and I haven't returned to I regularly attend. Mm. But I would doubt 10% of the population is going to a Catholic church on a Sunday. And then the Protestant, really broad Protestant, Lutherans, um, the Hussite churches here from John Huss's uh, roots, um, you know, we're talking really broadly Protestant is about 1%. Mm. And the evangelical uh, population across the country depending on how you're counting the stats is somewhere around a half percent, mm. whether you're counting church membership at the denominations or you're guessing mm. Christians that aren't associated with the denomination. It's, it, but it's somewhere around a half percent. Mm. So we're talking a half percent evangelical. Um, and then Prague is a little bit more atheistic as probably a New York city would yeah. be or a, whatever you name the big urban urban environment. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the stats go thinner when you get to Prague. So that's, that's the, the, um, context we're in, but it's also interesting because there's been Protestant evangelical believers here for hundreds of years. Mm. And so when we're coming in, um, it's not like we're bringing something new at all. Mm. Um, it has been here and, uh, I would say in this context, we get a very fair welcome Mm. um, by the Christians, one that we would probably return if they came to America. Mm. Um, We're not that special Mm. that we're theologically trained or Americans. And uh, I think it's just a normative thing if a Czech came to America and said, I want to plant a church, but I don't speak English. You probably would tell them to chill, become a member, relax. Right. You know, so that's. (laughs) Get involved. Get involved. Maybe be a growth group leader first. Yeah. And then we'll see. And that's basically, I think, the welcome missionaries get here. Yeah. There's theological, evangelical, theologically trained evangelical Mm -hmm. pastors here. Mm -hmm. Even though there's few, they are here. And it's, we're not seen as some sort of savior or. Mm -hmm. Huge deal when we show up, but yeah. long-term faithfulness at seven years, I would say we have a seat at the table now mm. and we're um, doing some, some good contributing to the systems that exist as well as adding new things. So yeah.
0: I think that's a really good principle um, just across the board, uh, just to recognize like every time we enter into a new relationship, a new city, a new neighborhood, a new environment, um, that by entering there as a Christian does not necessarily mean that we are um, sort of entering as the savior in that environment, like the Lord Jesus has actually been seeking to save people all around the world, and uh it's possible that he's actually had some um, some part of of that mission being accomplished in that particular part of the world um, long time before we ever got there sometimes before we were born, and uh, I think we have a tendency, especially in our American mindset, maybe not so much like the complete West, but especially in our American mindset that the moment we step into an environment, all of a sudden, we're the saviors, we're bringing the gospel here, we're the missionaries, we're we're, we're establishing God's mission in this part of the world, and that's not even close to true. God's been accomplishing His mission all around the world uh, for 2,000 years now, so um and I suppose even 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 before that, going all the way back to Genesis, you know. Yeah. So
4: yeah,
0: um, yeah, that's good. Um, so, uh, Amy, talk talk a little bit if you wouldn't mind about your family rhythms. So what is what does uh, what does it look like for the Ryan Kings to live and work in Prague and be a part of planting a church here as a family. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so I I would guess probably if you stepped into our day-to-day life, it wouldn't look that different from all of yours. We have to take our kids to school. We have to grocery shop. We have to live a pretty normal life here like you would imagine. And so I think as we're living sort of this normal life, I think we're just always looking for what are these ways we can find pathways into the culture. How can we get into people's lives? How can we join things that are already existing through natural things that we're doing as a family. And so I think it's not unlike a lot of things we did when we were living in the States, using the natural stages of life that we're in, the things that our kids are a part of, the schools that they're in, just the natural relationships that we have to find ways to share the gospel. And so I think that's the biggest thing it looks like. So our kids currently, um, we've had different schooling situations throughout our years here based on needs of kids and just stages of life. So we currently have our two oldest kids at an international Christian school that's in the center of the city, and our youngest is still in Czech National School. So in the mornings, Adam and I both leave with the kids. He usually leaves for the center with the two kids going (laughs) to school there. I leave with the kid who goes to school in our neighborhood. We take them there, and then the afternoon sort of is a swap. And I pick up the kids in the center. Adam picks up the kid here. And you're, you're taking them to school via subway. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. walking or <laughs> taking yeah, the Metro or yeah. So using public transportation to get our kids to school, which is, which is a pretty fun way to get to school. And for our kids, it's very normal. They sometimes have dreams of what it would be like to ride a yellow school bus. <laughs> They've been pretty fascinated when they see that on TV, like, Ooh, yeah. kids ride a school bus. And I'm thinking, you guys ride
2: Metro. (laughs) (laughs) And absolutely no one picks on you on the Metro. Mm. No one, you know, if you can't like,
1: they don't even smile at you here. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's true. That'll
2: that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Amy, would you mind sharing a little bit about, you were telling me earlier about
3: uh, Mom Club. That's one thing you do during the, do during the week
1: as yeah. kind of an outreach to ladies in your community. I thought that was just really, really cool.
3: Yeah, and so like I said before, I feel like most of what we do with ministry, and we have some programmatic things we do at this point, usually as a way to meet people that we haven't met before, just to find new inroads into the community. Um, and so one of the things that, This was not original with me, but I've seen other uh, missionaries do, but other just believers do in the city is um, having something called a mom's club. So basically, what that is, moms here have actually three years of maternity leave. And so during that time, they're home with their kids.
4: Incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Three awesome. years of maternity leave, which I think for us as Americans, we can't even mm-hmm. begin to fathom. Um, but that can also be as moms who are home with their young children. That can be a lonely time, a confusing time. Um, and so I do think moms are trying to find ways to connect with other moms who are in a similar stage of life. And so um, it can look like a lot of different things. The mom's club that we're currently running out of our church plant is really simple. Um, We already had a couple of ladies who have babies in our church. And so basically it's, it's a play date that's sponsored at the church and it gives us chances to invite other moms. Um, It's publicly advertised, but also the moms in our church invite them, the other moms that they know time for us to get together and, um, let the kids play, but also it's time for us as moms to talk and just to talk about spiritual things or normal things. Um, but it gives a chance for unbelievers and believers together to interact. And it's a pretty, pretty low prep, easy entry sort of event to plan where we just get time with other moms.
0: So if, if you guys were, uh, sitting across from other families at Amagade, Day, um, and these families are trying to think through, how in the world should I take steps towards being on mission? Um, what are some of the things that, as you've been after this in a cross-cultural environment here, uh, cross-lingual, uh, you, you've learned another language, another culture to be able to do ministry here in this, in this context. What are some of the things that you guys have learned uh, that you would maybe encourage our members to think about as they're trying to be a family omission?
2: Yeah, I think um, I would say, um, first of all, you, you can't ever drop below the red line where you don't know any unbelievers. Mm. That's like, I think, step one. You can really... Even I think on the mission field, you could with colleagues from a mission organization and then you start networking with a denominational church. You could start to get close to where you're like, I don't actually hang out or do anything in a normal way with any unbelievers, you know? But well, you
0: also don't have a job here besides being a church planning missionary, exactly, so exactly. it's not like you're running, running up against people, right. rubbing shoulders against people, yeah.
2: So, you know, I mean, if you're a person with a job where you're around unbelievers all the time, um, you have that built in you know, uh, a family at at IDC could easily have that built in where one or both parents have the work environment. Um, But there also could be families at IDC that work at a church or work at a Christian organization or work at a mission organization or work at a Christian school. And you can find yourself where you don't actually hang out with any unbelievers. And maybe your best outreach is you go to the same coffee shop and you kind of know the waitress, which I would say is is not ideal because that usually doesn't go anywhere. Um, and I think the second thing I would say is be a person too. Mm. Like if you're going somewhere truly go, cause you like that or you need it and you're amongst other people and, and see yourself. So you don't have to change who you are. Yeah. And I'm just saying like, you can also identify that. Like I, sometimes I think like we identify I'm a Christian and that makes me other. Mm. And we forget to identify that I'm a human. And I'm the same. Like if I'm going to swimming class with my kids or whatever basketball practice with my kids, I also like that. And I don't have to overthink that I'm there to engage them. I can actually just be a sincere individual that I have a lot in common because we're both people and we both like basketball or whatever. So I think we find that the best route is the sincere route. And when you're just sincere, it comes up in conversation fairly soon Especially when you have an...
1: uh an active relationship with the Lord Jesus, like that overflows out into your conversation naturally to where it's
2: not weird. I think it would be difficult to be a sincere friend with someone to have it not come up soon. Mm -hmm. Like this Sunday, I can't do that with you because I'm going to church will come up or (laughs) you have a problem. And I can say, can I pray for that? I'm actually a Christian, someone who prays. Can I pray for that? Maybe not now, but maybe later. And I think that's what we honestly do in this neighborhood. We try not to play too much mental chess with coming up with a way to to do it. We're just trying to be sincere individuals in the neighborhood. And then we do have programmatic outreaches where we're handing out flyers or we're running Facebook ads, hoping spiritually sensitive people come because they saw it advertised. We do that as well. But to be a person on mission, I think a big dose of sincerity and being a person with other people as well as being a Christian, not just being a Christian who's other is is helpful in my opinion with personal evangelism. Yeah. It's great. So
3: yeah, I think kind of like I've already said, I mean, just looking at the things that we're naturally doing in life. So right now we have kids who are in elementary and middle school. So there are some natural things that we're doing already, or things that our kids are a part of, or things that because we're in this stage of life, we can choose to join groups of people or or just different activities that are happening and so just using those natural things so it might take some intentionality maybe you wouldn't naturally do this thing exactly, but you can say, okay, I'm looking for inroads into the culture. And so I think you have to do that wherever you are and saying, yeah, like Adam said, we're normal people. We're doing normal activities. Our kids are joining different activities or we're joining activities, but always we're believers. So it's going to happen. So just looking for those inroads into the culture in natural ways. And I think that can happen. Anywhere, And I remember doing that as a mom in the States, mm-hmm. the same way, looking for, okay, what are ways I can get into the community and join things because I want to, because I want to be a community member, but because, of course, I want chances to be around unbelievers and to share the gospel. Yeah. And so I think that it, that's probably our biggest way that we do share the gospel here is natural ways that we're just a part of the community. That's great. Can you guys
0: describe a little bit uh, the church that you have been a part of planting here and uh, maybe some of the challenges of being foreigners trying to plant a church in a a place that is not your home?
2: Yeah, so um, I think in a lot of missions contexts, you would do evangelism. And if there's new believers, you would plant a church. It's kind of how you see it even in Acts. You see That they did evangelism, and when there was a group, a new group, they started a church and they did church formation things like eventually appointing elders and all that. But when you're working with the denominational structure that already existed, uh, it does take on a little bit more, and we do this in the States too, um, where a church sends a group of people and it creates a church it's, there's already 25 people on a church planning team that need shepherded by the leader Yeah. The, moment, the moment that
0: they go out as missionaries together to go and do yeah. work, they themselves are a church the yeah. moment they get there. Yeah.
2: And the leader is doing evangelism, but also shepherding and guiding and setting vision for a group of believers that just got imported. And so we're somewhere in between because we're working with a denominational structure, an evangelical church that, you know, has been here for over a hundred years, but is a very Czech church. And so, you know, we, we've had a hybrid of that. We were doing a relational evangelism, programmatic evangelism in the neighborhood, working with some Czechs and even some Canadians that ended up here. And um, then we got to a point where we kind of just drew a line in the sand and we declared that it's a, a new church plant for the denomination. And I think that was helpful, um, and but also has its drawbacks because we have very few people. We're at about 10 people at a worship service. Sometimes we'll get some visitors and it's super encouraging when we get to 17 or 18. That's a fun Sunday. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, that, that's about the size it is. I think being outsiders, um, just from an evangelism standpoint, which feeds into your church plant, we're a tough hang for a check. You know, the checks... <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> The
1: Czechs. We like hanging out with Yeah, you.
2: <laughs> Well, we're doing this you're in not English. That bad. That's, no. uh, that's the We've problem. We got a blast. The problem is <laughs> if you're a Czech person living in this neighborhood, like it's different than a Czech person you might meet in America. The, the filtering that happens when someone stayed versus someone went, they're a whole different person, different personality. But if you are hanging out with Czechs in a Czech neighborhood, they may have grown up here. Mm even if they didn't grow up here within an hour, hour and a half is probably their hometown, mm. their high school friends. And so they're not necessarily longing for a new friend that has a thick accent
4: mm.
2: that <laughs> what, doesn't talk about the same things. The way I heard Amy
1: say it is they don't need you. They don't need us. No. Right. Like this no. culture is like, Oh, who, we, we don't actually, we're not looking for new friends. We're not no. in search of that. Cause
3: we've lived here and we know, yeah. we know everybody around here and we're good. Yeah. And yeah, and, Czechs tend to have a small circle of friends, close friends or family, and they keep the circle pretty tight. Mm. They're not looking to add new people. And so like being polite is one thing, but adding people into their circle is, that's a a different level. Even other Czechs. Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. Like it's, it's, their friend group is set at a a certain stage of life and it doesn't change a lot as time goes on. So in walks Adam
1: with his, his personality and his fun (laughs) and his, his check that he says is not as good as Amy's and like, and and, and they, yeah. And that's a tough thing. That's what you mean.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Raleigh right now and you're saying, I hope a check moves to my neighborhood, I would be very surprised. You're not waiting for Mm. a check to move to your neighborhood and to fill some (laughs) slot of friendship because you don't have enough to do. yeah That's not the longing of your heart right now. sure So, So that's not the longing of their heart. They're not like, I hope an American moves to town. And then what if this check had a super thick accent? And if you got on a certain topic that he hasn't talked about much, he really can't talk back to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to switch to talking about a basketball, an American sport. And he's like, I don't even have words for that. So I can't really answer your question.
4: Mm.
2: It's a tough hang, right? So we run into that all the time. Hanging out with us on a Friday night is tough. Us hanging out with checks on a Friday night, to be honest, is exhausting. Mm. The whole time your brain is computing, computing, computing. So these are the normal hurdles when you're operating in a second language. Mm. It's honestly the normal hurdles that every uh, foreigner is dealing with that's at your school. Mm. They're going to a parents' meeting at the school, and the first half hour they're getting most of it, and then their brain gets tired and they start losing the Mm. information. And pretty soon they don't even know what their kid is supposed to buy Mm. before school starts because they... They were out by the hour into the parents' meeting, Mm. you know? Wow. And so, I don't know. That's just a hurdle. It's a very real thing. Us versus a Czech with a full-time salary, they would be more effective. The question is, are there enough Mm. of those full-time workers from into Czech Republic now? And so, we're trying to fill that slot as best we can. But honestly, uh, the Czechs would be more effective, more um, eloquent, you know, more uh, articulate with everything. And, um, so we're just trying to play our part while we are praying that God raises up Czech people to lead the church. Mm. And, um, yeah, so we have those hurdles and I think it's seven years in now in the denomination We're we're doing well, Mm -hmm. but as if a Czech guy came, who didn't speak English and was networking with SBC church planning in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. I think it would take some time before everybody was like, yeah, we can invest resources in you or Mm. we'll listen to you when you call, you know, and I think we're to that point now, Mm. but logically so it's not immediate. And it's not even at two years, you know?
0: So, yeah, that's good. I, uh, you know that that kind of that kind of gets into a, a little bit of uh, some of the things that you guys have been talking about since we've been here. Uh, there's a, a level of excitement that you guys have about a young leader who's been able to come and be a part of your church, and uh, you guys have been you know giving. Um, you know some some level of responsibility to him and his wife um, in the ministry. Um, you, you want to see other checks raised up and built up and be be strong and mature and healthy and be able to reproduce strong, mature, healthy disciples and churches and um, so uh, maybe maybe tease out a little bit more kind of what you guys are excited about, most excited about right now in ministry and uh, and then maybe how we can
2: be praying for you guys. All right. I'll take that one, too. (laughs) You don't got anything for that?
3: Well, I was giving you the chance to go first, (laughs) I guess. So thoughtful. (laughs) No, I I do think, like you were saying, Zach, I mean, we, for a long time, were working in this neighborhood alongside a few other believing checks, but mostly on our own, just trying to learn the language, learn the culture enough to even get in at all. And so I think, you know, at this point we feel like we're in, but yeah, we've been working with this, this young leader and his wife and they're, they're really amazing. And it's been encouraging for us to be a part of that. And so I think we are looking forward to um, like handing off some of those things and seeing them grow. And I think that's been a fun thing for us knowing, okay, yes, we are, much further into the culture. We're much better at the language at this point, seven and a half years in, but we're never going to be as effective, like Adam said, as a Czech who can communicate, communicate things clearly. And so right. I think it is exciting to think about like the future, not just with these interns that are here working with us now, but what what role will we have to play mm. in the future um, with, with helping to train other, other leaders as well.
2: Mm. So, yeah. And you guys got to experience our annual meeting with our kind of our church network today, which yeah. was, which was fun. It was great. Um, we, Food was excellent. Yeah. yeah. I just want to
1: say yeah. that, 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 uh, a, that, that, Czech Republic, um, Baptist potluck yeah. is, uh, <laughs> yeah. is right on point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so good.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, just for the listeners, our church is ten to fifteen at a worship service, and there's kind of seven of us tied together that are similar size. Some are a little bigger, and so we had a hundred people together, which was really fun. Yeah, as well as updates from everybody um, on what happened over the last year. And, it was
0: great uh, to be able to hear from all over the city uh, about yeah. what God is doing in different different corners yeah. of it. And you know, uh, some some of those churches were reporting of people having come to faith in the last year, and yeah. um, as people had joined. Various churches, and yeah. uh, it was just really cool to be able to see the grace of the Lord across the network, not just in your context. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, and what was I, I've told you guys earlier, like the most encouraging piece to me was the Lord's Supper. Like, mm-hmm. there we are doing the Lord's Supper with all of them. And I mean, you had to translate the entire Lord's Supper introduction, but as soon as it came time to like break the bread and take the cup, I was like, oh wow, this is like I'm doing this with my brothers and sisters around the world, and like this, this is the exact same, like no matter where I go, you
2: know, like this was just, and uh, I don't think, yeah, that was so sweet. I don't think when I translated it, there was any surprises. No, <laughs> It was like, oh, we all. basically say this. It's basically, you know, it was basically it. the same. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, so, but um, yeah, I think when we got to the Matthew passage or a couple other things, I was like, yeah, he's reading the Matthew passage. You know that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the translation ended. Yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, I think I am excited about, and today at that meeting, I was getting a little nostalgic. We're coming up to the end of our second term and just looking around at all the people that we've gotten to certain serve with really thin workforce in the Czech Republic. The Mm. numbers we said earlier are true. There's just so few evangelicals, Mm. but, um, you know, you had a long conversation with Tomas who is a fairly experienced church planner in the Czech Republic, kind Mm -hmm. of a leader in missiology here. Mm. And, uh, he's done some coaching of me. Mm -hmm. And then we have this young couple who are doing a three-year internship Mm -hmm. with us to grow and just, Testing out church planning, seeing if they want to be church planners, yeah. but just having checks coach me yeah. while I get to coach a check, yeah. I was seeing that today in the room, and i was yeah. i was I was enjoying that because I feel like it would be weird if I had the posture that I came here to coach you mm. and it usually honestly most missionaries have never planted a church, yeah mm. <laughs> oftentimes They're decent yeah. Christians yeah. Or great Christians. I probably should say great. Yeah, yeah. They're great Christians. Hopefully
4: solid disciples of Jesus. Yeah.
2: Often have gone to seminary, but yeah. often have never planted a church. Yeah. And maybe in contexts where it's not Western at all. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. But here it would be really strange to show up and pretend I need to be a church planning trainer. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of paid Especially it. if
0: you've never done something like that before. Yeah. I've yeah. never
2: pl- I didn't plant a church in America yeah. before I came here. So why yeah. should I come and do trainings on how to plant churches? Mm-hmm. I never even saw Bunches of people get saved. So why mm-hmm. should I even train in evangelism? Mm-hmm. And I just think it's good to have that entering mm. and yeah. saying, I'm going to contribute, mm-hmm. but I can't save because honestly, I'm not the expert.
4: Mm.
2: It's probably the, the posture a missionary should have. <laughs> I think you're right. Because most, most missionaries I know even go out young and they've never even been like on church staff or something. It's just the general send out age is pretty young.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And most of them, of get trained on how to train people Mm -hmm. but they've never they didn't even do it in america so it's kind of an interesting thing but looking at the room today i was just really feeling god's grace Mm and having checks that have coached me Mm -hmm. and then us being able to participate in the passing on um it's been really special and i'm excited about that Mm -hmm. and there is a an amount of that that only comes with time yeah and we have decisions to make, as everybody does when they come back to the states. Mm. We have no um, reason we think w- we wouldn't return, but that's a part of going to the states is mm. reevaluating, looking at our kids, seeing their ages, seeing mm. their needs,
4: mm.
2: asking the Lord for direction. Um, but the longer you stay, the greater the harvest seems. Mm. Um, it can kind of become golden handcuffs too, where you never want to leave because I've put in so much work to get here. Mm. And that's maybe not the best reason to stay, mm. um, but it is true. Mm. I think going into our third term, I see a lot of opportunities for contributing to the to the church here yeah. and to evangelism um, that only comes with time. Yeah,
4: so. yeah
2: that's good. That's good. I think what you
0: said there a minute ago is really wise and reminds me of what Paul uh, said to Timothy, you know, take what uh, what I received, take take what I gave to you and then entrust it to faithful men who can entrust it to others also. Um, and uh, I think that's exactly what you just described in even the way that you kind of came and have gotten to know this uh, older Czech brother, missiologist, strong brother in the faith who's been uh, doing work uh, in this context for a long time, uh, having come along side of you and then you being able to come alongside of a younger guy who's just taking his first steps in ministry and, you know, probably making mistakes and probably has a lot of, a lot of moments when he's going to fail in the future, uh, getting to walk alongside of him in that and, uh, help him grow in that. Um, how can we pray for you guys?
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is we are wrapping things up, pray for our wrap up and, uh, we are having this young, young couple, um, and, uh, this, this, especially this guy uh, lead while we're gone. And uh, we are excited about that. think they're going to do a great job, um, but we're going to give that over in about a month. Mm-hmm. In our last two months here, we're going to be more in the coaching role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while we pack up our house um, and then uh, we'll be in the States for six months and um, we got to reset some visa stuff as well as that's the time to go visit churches and um, see family. But it is our intent to pray through um, our future. You can pray for that. And that's not a secret. Mm -hmm. Uh, My boss, Hey, Brian, um, (laughs) here's
4: this. (laughs)
2: Um, He he knows that, that we're going to pray through that. Um, And, um, and uh, so, yeah. And it's weird when you're a missionary, you plan all your future in three to four year cycles. Mm -hmm. And so like we have a seven, seventh grade uh, daughter Mm -hmm. that will do, first part of eighth grade in the States, homeschool, and then we return and we basically get settled for her ninth grade year. Mm -hmm. So, essentially, our next decision is, is it okay if our daughter does her whole childhood overseas? Mm -hmm. Um, Are there pluses and minuses to that? Yeah. Knowing her family, you know, from a family discipleship standpoint too, can we pass on faith to our kids in a context where they're the only kids in a church? Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. They're the only kids in our in our church. Yeah. And do we feel like we can bring our, our daughter and our two sons, give them the best chance of faith hmm. in a context where our church is so thin there's no other Christian kids. Yeah. You know? So, you know, we have these things to decide. And our next decision is where will our daughter finish her childhood?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And where will our boys? Become men, Mm. essentially, is the question Mm. we're asking. That's great. And you can pray for that because that's an interesting decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it
1: feels feels like every three, what you're saying, like every three or four years, we just got to reassess the cost here. Like as a family, reassessing what. What are we doing? What's the, yeah. what does the Lord have for us next? And, and just that continual reassessment. I, I
3: don't know that's necessarily a bad thing to
1: like continually no, be, to I not just take something as, okay, well, we're here
3: and we're done, but like to reassess that cost and count yeah. that cost each time. Yeah, you know? I think it's true. I think, I think you said it well. I think it is just a recounting of that cost. And so, um, yeah, that's a big, a big thing to think through. And I think just in the short term, that's sort of a, a bigger picture one, but in the short term, what to pray for is, you know, this. The last time we did a stateside with our kids, they were still younger and there were some challenges that came with transitioning there and back again. And I anticipate again, there will be challenges Maybe some things will be easier this time around because they're older, but I anticipate other things will be more difficult for them. Um, This time, they're really struggling with the thought of leaving their friends and their school for half a year and then what that will look like to come back. And so I think really praying for us to be able to guide them well through this time to have Mm. open communication. I think we have good communication with our kids. something we know we have to be intentional about because Mm -hmm. of the context we're living in and the kind of life that we live, but pray for us as we guide them and just pray for them. Um, You know, I think Amanda and I talked earlier today about, you know, wanting to have control even over our kids' lives (laughs) and their paths in life, but, but we don't get to have that control. Or thinking you have control. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then finding out we really don't, (laughs) but I think that's just a challenge in parenting, but you know, knowing that the Lord does have a plan for them and like they do each have their own path and I don't get to control all of it, which is difficult, but trusting the Lord with that and just trusting that the Lord will use even these experiences, the transitions that they have to go through in life to lead them to Him. So pray for that. Pray that these experiences for them will be a part of leading them to Him. So if somebody at IDC
1: Uh, was hearing this podcast and they thought, gosh, those rankings, they sound like so much fun. I like them. I like what they're doing in Prague. I want to get to know them better and be on your advocacy team. How would they go about doing that?
0: Yeah, so uh, the rankings advocacy team leader is actually Mary Catherine Bumcarner, and uh, and so you can reach out directly to her. Uh, she's in the O'Donoghue Growth Group, and um, uh, several other folks. Uh, you know, the the rankings talked about being uh, in in the growth group with the, the Bouses, and so there's other folks in the body that also know them. And so you can reach out to some of those folks, and um, uh, they would be more than glad to connect you with Adam and Amy, and uh, especially whenever they come back. In in October uh to be around in in that season so I would encourage you guys uh to reach out to them uh and uh to connect with them especially while they're in the states so thank you guys IDC for tuning in to the Striving Together podcast and uh thank you Adam and Amy for joining us thanks Amanda for being a part of it
3: you're welcome
0: yeah you're welcome
3: (laughs) thanks for having us yeah happy to be on with you guys
0: all right well tune in next week for our next episode